Welcome to the Nexia Melbourne podcast, designed to help accountants grow their practices. This podcast interviews the knowledge base in the Nexia accounting firm to provide you with insights and examples of how to better advise your clients, helping you retain your bigger clients and grow your practice. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Nexia podcast, the accounting advice for accountants. And today we have Ben Bester here, all the way from South Africa many years ago, I believe. Welcome, Ben. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. That's great. So um, before we get into the background, and we were having a bit of a, a chat offline about your interesting history, I just wanted to give everyone uh, a bit of an update on what you do today. So tell me your role and what you do here at Nexia. Um, I'm at Nexia. I've been here for 14 months now. Um, I am an audit uh, partner in the audit division. We uh, got four audit partners and we basically all of us look at after our own client base, mm. uh, which is quite diverse. Um, and uh, I kind of specialize in a little bit into smaller ASX listed entities and into AFSLs. Mm. What's the name FSL? That's Australia Financial Services Licence Holders. Oh, okay. That sounds good. Um, we're going to dig into that a bit more, but I wanted to just give people a bit of background because it's interesting just to know where people come from and what they've experienced and, you know, that leads to why they work with certain sort of clients. So take me back, and, and, I, and I did we did talk about this, but I, I thought it was interesting that you come from South Africa and you went to the University of the Orange Free State and... I thought that was fascinating. I thought, tell me more about that because you explained it to me. I think it'd be interesting for the audience. Yeah, uh, I grew up in South Africa, basically in the middle in the, of the country in the Free State, which is um, really very a hugely um, agricultural area. Um, so, and the main university in the area is called University of the Orange Free State, and that's where most people from the local area actually go to. Mm. So I went there for my university studies um, back in 1981, uh, started there, and uh, completed my university studies over there, uh, then did a stint with PricewaterhouseCoopers um, in Bloemfontein, which is the major city in the area. Mm. Uh, finished that, got my CA qualification, and then moved uh, to PKF uh, in Cape Town, oh, which yeah. uh, I actually spent most of the rest of my working life in South Africa in Cape Town. Is that for more career opportunities because it's a bigger area? Or? It just was a bigger area just because there was more opportunities there. The, the, the industries that you found in Catan was a bit more diverse than what you would get in the Free State mm. because Free State being a more agricultural kind of area. You know, so, so, so were your parents farmers? Is that how you... Yes, my parents were farmers and I grew up on a farm. Oh, what sort of farm? Uh, this was very, uh, it's very diverse actually because we, we had cattle, corn, um, you know, sunflower. So it's a lot of a lot of different kind of uh, product that gets produced in the area. It's a very fertile area. Mm. Uh, so what made you not want to become a farmer and become an accountant? <laughs> well, the idea was, you know, to become an accountant, get some capital, and buy back into a farm someday. Oh, but yeah. uh, now I found myself in Australia. So oh, here the farms I, am, here. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's farmers here, but yeah, the farming here is a little bit different than back in uh, South Africa. Mm. To be honest, so um, yeah, it seems a bit hard sometimes for farmers, but I suppose international basis is basically the same for farmers all over. Um, yeah, because there's droughts, there's nature, but it's still maybe one day I'll get back to it. Yeah, we'll see when you retire. When I retire, <laughs> is is there your parents like did they sell a farm? Did they? Pass yeah, on? they basically sold it and they've passed on. You know, so mm. yeah. That's why I go. 
So you were in Cape Town and you were there for several years, obviously operating. And and what's the differences you find between the you know the accounting practices there and here? Uh, pretty much similar in terms of I was always in the in the, in the auditing space, uh, if you like. Uh, you know, and auditing is really a transferable skill. Um, okay. Back in South Africa, they're also under the IFRS uh, regime. So is Australia, which is international financial reporting standards. So it's all kind of pretty much similar. It's pretty much similar now. The uh, it's uh, the United States is still different, um, but I think they're working towards actually um, getting a more kind of uh, um, compatible uh, reporting regime throughout the world at the mm. moment. Uh, back to Cape Town, I spent a lot of time there with, uh, with a firm and eventually joined one of my clients, um, which was a startup entity, which I found quite interesting. Mm. So I joined this client and uh, we actually um, grew from one store to about 12 stores, I think, selling footwear. So I became the CFO for the group. We sold to a listed entity at the time. Mm. Uh, I became CFO for the for the entities and we managed to build the, uh, the entity up to about 160 stores. Wow. And uh, then... Uh, in South Africa? In, or in South Africa okay. itself, yeah. Yeah, wow. So then we actually, uh, you know, we sold out um, to this entity. We had some profit guarantees, which we had to work out for a couple of years, which we did. Then went out, started another little wholesale footwear business. And I'm more like an entrepreneur than an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually my good friend there, he was an entrepreneur. I was more looking after the, the compliance side of it. But it was good to, to sit on the other side of the desk, mm. if you like. Well, every entrepreneur a, needs a good person to manage the finances because they want to spend, Get a feel for the commercial yeah. side of it. So that yeah. was very good. Um, you know, it gave me some very good experience, actually. Um, you know, when I'm dealing with clients now, you know, I actually apply that. I actually find. Uh, try to be more practical. Uh, well, you've been there. You know, you've done that. You've been through retail. You've done high growth. Right. You've yeah. done exit. That's so right. They're all useful skills, yeah. Yeah, and then so in 19 uh, or 2006, you know, we came to Australia because... And I sold my share in the business there. Uh, got to Australia. Uh, was that mainly for a, a different lifestyle? Yeah, it's also a different lifestyle and get the family over here, you know. So so we came over and been enjoying it ever since. Uh, it was very good. It was a very good move, I think, at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, why, why Melbourne, over anywhere? Yeah, it was a bit of a toss-up. The weather Melbourne. or? <laughs> Melbourne and Sydney. <laughs> Melbourne reminded us of Cape Town a oh, okay. lot, you know. So. Is it a similar parallel? Like, yeah, it's almost, and you know, Cape Town's probably a little bit more north than what Melbourne is. Yeah. But uh, that's in terms, I mean, it's got the same kind of uh, bad weather sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good weather sometimes. Yeah. But uh, a good autumn day in Cape Town is great, like same as in Melbourne. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, it was, uh, um, yeah, Melbourne was really it's a toss up between Melbourne and Sydney. Um, we thought Melbourne was more suited to us just because it reminded us of Cape Town, I think. Well, AFL is better anyway. Yeah, so they say. Struggle a little bit with the fact there's no rugby union here or very little rugby very little, union, yeah. but that's just the way it is. You know, I'm following AFL now, so I'm did, quite did enjoying you it. For it? Uh, for doggies. And then yeah. how, did you, how did you come up with that? Because I inherited oh. my Collingwood uh, you know, lineage from my grandfather. There's no choice. You know, I didn't even know it was a choice until I was about 20. Yeah, it's a very interesting story, actually, because when we got here in May 2006, uh, we had to stay somewhere for a good couple of weeks, you know, because we didn't have any place to live yeah. or whatever. So this, this guy put us up for a couple of weeks, the old guy, but he was a stern bulldog supporter. Yeah. 
And he just said, "Well, you've got to follow the bulldog." Yeah. So anyway, I'll be following the doggies ever since. It's, it's the so, first yeah. question when new people come and go, "Who do you break for?" Because everyone wants to recruit them to their team. It's just such yeah, a Melbourne right. sort yeah. of thing. But why Australia? I mean, you could have gone to America or Canada or. Yeah, we just thought in the first it was between Canada and over here, and we just thought, no, nah, Canada is too cold. Cold, yeah. It's normally the cold and warmth. That's generally what people make the decision yeah. over, I find. So we so. thought, no, nah, we will come to Australia. Yeah, nice. Mm. All right, so you got here, you landed. You, I presume you didn't come over with a job, so then you have to look for a job. Yeah, I had to look for a job. It took me about eight months to get a job. Right. Wow. Um, is that because you had to set up the house and get the kids sorted and also you don't know anyone? So Yeah, it's amazing, you know, the, the things you go through. I mean, just a simple thing like finding a hairdresser, for example, mm. you know, where you buy meat, you know, all yeah. the best meat. You know, it sounds stupid, but, I mean, that's just... It's all, all those, different. I mean, it's all, all those different, different things. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how the ordering system worked in a restaurant, for example, you know, uh, kind of thing, which was Cultural thing, fascinating. Yeah. Cultural differences, all the kind of thing. But it's just, it's just a bit of a journey. If it's an adventure, that's good. There's mm. no issue there. So we've enjoyed that. Eight months trying to look for a job. Probably uh, must have gone through easily between 150 to 200 job applications, I wow. think. And what was the barrier? Is it because you're oh, overseas and you don't... That's just a reckon that... Um, I was trying looking for a CFO role at first, oh, so my direction okay. was wrong. Okay, yeah. Um, and the message I got back all the time, you know, was, you know, I've got no Australian experience. Yeah, so, yeah. Which I now understand, but at the time it was a frustration. Yeah. So and then I decided, all right, I'll move back into auditing. Um, and then it just so happened that I had an opportunity at the time. Mm. So I joined uh, them at the time. And as a worker rather than a partner? Um, as a manager then. As a yeah, manager, yep. Yeah. So obviously just to get myself back into 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 the cycle, you know. Because mm. I've been CFO for what's about probably eight years or nine okay. years, you know. So so came back into auditing and yeah, been enjoying it ever since. And you moved around a little bit. So you were at Hayes Night for a bit and then um, Crow Howells and a, a few other places. So yeah, got some different experience. Yeah, I moved out to Crow Hall um, uh, after Ace Night, you know, the, uh, just had a good opportunity out in, in Eastern Victoria, actually, because the idea at the time was to maybe actually move out into into the countryside. Oh, because you grew up in Which actually never eventuated. Yeah. yeah. So I stayed with them for, uh, I think it was about eight years, mm. something like that. Um, so were you, you know, working in the country or were you working? Yeah, I working a lot in the country. We did a lot of traveling uh, in, the, uh, in the Victorian countryside oh, okay. and all the way from from the East Coast up to to uh, Mulchura. Yeah. Would you go and like do assignments there or would you go and like stay yeah, there for six months? No, no specific assignments you would do. Yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah. we had some audit teams, audit groups, you know, so we'd split up and make teams out of them and mm. actually go visit to different, different clients, you know. Mm. Did a lot of auditor general work for them as well because that's a big uh, income generator. Yeah, for auditing firms in the countryside. Mm. And is there still, you know, do you still deal with some of those country or regional customers in your current role? Yeah, I still have contact with some of the, you know, some of the clients there, or not some of the clients. Just say some of the accounting practices I have contact with. Um, you know, is it is it different? Like, do you, do you find the? I mean, I know accounting. Or auditing's auditing, but do you find the culture and do you find the process a little bit different with regional firms that might be agriculturally based or mining or, or something like that rather than a city firm? Mm, to be totally honest, no. 
Mm. I actually find it to be quite compatible at the end of the day. I mean, obviously, mm. city people do different things in their lunchtime than what yeah, country yeah. people do, <laughs> for example. They're different people, yeah. yeah I but I mean, you know, the, in terms of work, you know, that's the same thing. Mm. You know, I, d- I just find that the, um, you know, people in the regional areas obviously like people from regional areas or who sort of, you know, get them from a cultural perspective, a people perspective, the, the, the audit's the same. Um, but, you know, I've always found that working in regional areas, they want to buy from people in regional areas or, or people have had some experience just because they sort of understand them a bit more. But um, so then you came back to back here. So how did that sort of happen? Oh, actually, you were at uh, Walker and Wayland for a little while. Yeah, right? I did a state of Walker Wayland. Um, they were looking for an audit partner at the time, um, you know, and I thought, okay, I'll move back into the city because mm-hmm. um, we decided if we were actually going to stay in the city area. Uh, we live in the northern suburbs, so uh, sort of moved back back into the city then. Mm-hmm. Um, so joined Walker Wayland because they were looking for an audit partner. Um, been there till end of uh, 2019, mm-hmm. uh, beginning 20, I joined uh, uh, Jeff and the team over here because they were looking as part of his succession planning, you know, to actually yeah. be another water partner. Um, that's where I step in. Uh, brought some clients with me. Um, I haven't uh, approached any clients. Clients came with me, that's through strong relationships. Um, and, you know, I'm servicing those clients at the moment. Yeah, great. So, do you do many regional areas so you can get a chance to go out there and look at some farmland? Because I'm, uh, I can see so I can see a frustrated farmer in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, unfortunately we don't do a lot of uh, lot of um, you know uh, regional areas. Uh, oh, I'll have to get you some. <laughs> yeah, so definitely it's an opportunity. I think we mm. to actually get. I got one dairy farmer, but they're struggling a little bit to get some. As most dairy farmers do, yeah, get some funds going. Yeah, tough business. Uh, but once they get going, you know, it, uh, it'll be a good client to have. You know? mm-hmm. And so you're you're working. You mentioned with sort of uh, large large cap or small cap sort of ASX listed or large businesses mm-hmm. at that sort of mid level. Um, so there's a few changes going on in the industry that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned that there was some change in the rules and regulations. So can you just sort of give a little bit of detail about that? And for any, uh, I know that you also deal with accounting practices as well and help them with their audit component if they haven't got that facility. Um, so maybe just think about themselves and that sort of advice when you're sort of uh, reviewing the rules. So what are the changes coming up? Uh, the biggest change coming up is, is a change to the financial reporting regime. It uh, kicks in at the end of uh, June 21, um, which means basically that uh, most uh, entities um, that report to the corporate leg- regulator will actually have to prepare general purpose financial statements. Now, uh, in Australia, you've got different levels of financial statements that people prepare. Mm. Uh, general purpose just means, you know, that it's the it got it's got all the recognition and measurement in terms of the accounting standard, and you actually have to do a lot of disclosure um, around the financial report. Now, okay. uh, disclosures in normal special purpose financial reports are very limited. There's not a lot of information in it. Uh, general purpose um, accounts is there for the public to see and for the public to use, and they can actually get a copy of general purpose of the corporate regulator, which is ASIC. And uh, the drive for them is to actually get people that actually do use those financial statements to get as much information as possible. Mm. And that's probably why um, they're going going down that route, you know. So that's a big change that's coming up in the um, uh, towards next year. We just went through uh, three big changes, which being ASP 16, 15, and uh, ASP 9, which really deals with revenue recognition and uh, and with leases mostly. 
Um, so there's some big accounting changes that came through. And in this year currently, which is the second year of that, people are still grappling with some of those issues. Mm. Um, and, um, and the main issue was, there, of course, there was changes because the, due to COVID, for example, the way that, that these standards uh, get applied actually have different implications depending on what kind of um, uh, what kind of uh, deal you could do with your landlord, for example, or whether you pay the rent or you don't pay the rent. Mm. You so, how are people dealing with that? Is they are they getting ready now? They're preparing you. You know, they should talk to their accountants today. Is it? Yeah, definitely. So- now is the best time to actually talk to your accountant, your auditor, because you're actually getting towards the end of June, and there's a lot of information that actually need to go into those financial reports. Mm. If you leave it till June, you think you're going to have it done by September, you're probably going to find yourself coming short. Yeah, yeah. And, and how, how big a change is this? Is this like a 10% change, a 20% change? It sounds like it's quite a big shift uh, in, it, in the amount of data yeah, It is a big shift. I'm not 100% sure about the numbers, but most smaller, or smaller uh, um, entities and even some large non-reporting entities would prepare special purpose accounts. Now, I would say, you know, that of the lodgements with ASIC, it's probably around about 80% of those financial reports, you know. Well, now they have to change from special purpose wow. to general purpose financial yeah. statements. Yeah. And, and how many people are on the special purpose? Is that a large variety of the clients? Is it's it- a large variety of clients, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, um, so would it be, um, you know, would it affect, you know, people in farms? Would it affect people in... You know, if they're not listed, so this is non-listed entities, right, we're talking about? Yeah, if they fall within the parameters of uh, um, of the reporting regime, it just means they will actually be caught by special purpose and not and, uh, by general purpose and not by special purpose uh, mm. financial reporting. Um, the uh, the parameters for, for special purpose has changed, um, you know, so that you actually know, you know, there's, you can either have 15 million turnover, uh, 25 million worth of assets or 50 employees. Uh, any one of those two criteria may apply, um, you know, to actually force you into actually reporting to the corporate legal regulator. Wow, that's a, quite a small, relatively small business. It so is. It is a relatively small employees. business, um, mm. but there is talk you know, at the moment that that will actually double in the in the, in the next couple of years, you know, so, and that will then actually cut out a lot of businesses that are sitting between that 50 to 100 million turnover mm. mark. So they're just getting rid of special reports, essentially. It's it getting like. getting rid of special purpose financial reporting. Yeah. Yes, yeah. because it's. It, did you have special purpose reports in South Africa, or was is this just an Australian thing? It's an Australian thing at the moment. South Africa's got a different regime. Um, they have uh, they do obviously IFRS, what they call full purpose, and they do IFRS for SMEs, which is basically compatible to uh, special purpose financial reporting. Yeah. But they don't use all the accounting standards that's under that's available under IFRS. Yeah, why do you think the ATO is making this change, or the government? Uh, I think it's really just because um, they actually want the information that get out to users to actually be more user friendly, and that people can actually use it. Okay. Um, special purpose financial reports doesn't really tell you much at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so general purpose give a bit more. But more meat around the bones, if you like. Yeah, so there's a bit more transparency with with businesses and how they're operating. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. And but there's a lot of work in particularly the first year, I guess, to get set up for it, systems and procedures and. It is like with anything, a lot of work in the first year. Uh, once you through the first year, you'll find that the second year is a bit yeah. easier. You know, and it's just a matter of you know, revisiting, editing. You know, 
because you've applied the, the standards, you just need to follow them up, you know, and have the discipline to do it actually. Yeah, and anything new is going to just take some time because it's new. Yeah. yeah. So apart from work, what do you do outside of work? What, what's a what's a leisurely oh, thing do on the weekend? Apart from watching sport, watching the movies, yeah, fixing the washing machine. <laughs> life, life admin. Yeah. Life happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, we do a lot of uh, sightseeing and uh, going around. Uh, you know, me and my wife have got two smaller kids or two two daughters. They've basically moved out of the house. So it's just the two of us at the moment, and uh, so we just enjoy our weekends, going out. Yeah. Mm. So you like going the country, or you like going out? Yeah, we like the outdoor stuff, you know, going around and traveling out and see the countryside and go for a hike. And, yeah. Oh, hiking. Yeah, that's always nice. Yeah, I was just down in Tasmania and we did a bit of hiking, so. Yeah, I've never met Tasmania yet, you know. I should actually do that. Oh, <laughs> super good. I was in Hobart, so very good. Your hike went, went well, Lincoln. It's uh, mm-hmm. a bit of a challenge, but it's uh, it's it's a nice place to be. So, yeah. All right. Well, we'll let you get back to your job. Appreciate your time, Ben. That's really useful information. If we do want to get you back in and, and talk more about auditing, because I know there's a lot of changes coming up, uh, more towards you know probably the the pointy end of the, the reporting season. Uh, are you prepared to do that? Yeah. Well. One hundred percent. Just let me know. Great. Uh, and if people want to contact you, uh, we can provide your uh, LinkedIn, and we'll provide your email address if that's okay. And if they that's have any questions, no problem. Great. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your time, Ben. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Next Year Melbourne podcast, a podcast designed to help grow your accounting practice. The contents of this podcast is for general information only and not to be used for specific advice purposes or for formulating decisions. Nexia Melbourne PTY Limited, its directors and its employees excludes all liabilities relating to relying on the information and ideas contained within. Nexia Melbourne, ABN 46109590169, is an independent firm of chartered accountants with a limited liability by a scheme approved under the professional standards legislation. It is affiliated with, but independent from, NextEra Australia PTYLTD. NextEra Australia PTYLTD is a member of the NextEra International, a leading global network of independent accounting and consulting firms. To gain specific advice from our firm, please contact us at info at nextearmelbourne.com.au.